So I have to admit I'm a little a little sad about this. This is our last message in the sermon series Cross-Shaped Life. We've been uh, journeying through 1 Corinthians and these texts have been our companion through a really difficult season and a time of fear and anxiety. These texts, God's word to us, have been a source of hope and comfort and a guide to us in this time. I remember early on in the process as things were uh, beginning to shut down, some of my colleagues asked me if I was going to make any you know, major changes to my uh, preaching. And, uh, you know, uh, focusing on um, the same text that I had planned um, many months before, you know, I've noticed each week it's just been um, refreshing to me personally that these texts have been speaking to me and really what we've needed as a community together. And it's been such a blessing. I, I, that very first week when things were um, changing so rapidly and it was our very last service that we had in the sanctuary of the church uh, and we sort of going online the, the following week the text that morning started off with the phrase because of this present crisis and I remember looking at that and and I was going to go kind of a different direction with that but uh, just what a gift that was to say in the midst of our crisis we're reading a text uh, from people who were in their own crisis and we're, we're learning from those who lived uh, 2,000 years ago and this is um, this has just been a blessing to me and I don't know if God ever surprises you like that you, you know this you're just at a point of deep need and you're not necessarily looking for it and God just blesses you with the right message or the right person who contacts you or just just what you need at the right moment and um, God's been doing that for us as a church for sure we're seeing all kinds of, of blessing in this difficult season uh, God's been doing that for me personally and uh, my prayer is that he would do that for you as well. And even that today might be part of that. So let's take a look at God's word today. I love how this letter ends. Um, that Paul is finishing out this letter. He's addressed a bunch of really specific things throughout uh, the, the writing over these, uh, as we have it, in 16 chapters. But at the end of the letter, he's addressing just some personal, practical concerns that he has. And I love it. And if you uh, know me, you know that I love this kind of thing because this is not some lofty theological statement that Paul is making. It is a picture of faith that's lived out in just the practical, normal, day-to-day -day stuff of life. And our lives of faith, likewise, are lived out in you know, primarily in the normal stuff of life. Uh, so let's take a look together here. My, my first point that I draw from this text is that faith can be lived out in everything. Faith can be lived out in everything. Again, the normal, everyday stuff of life. Often when we think of faith, we tend to think of things, you know, faith as uh, heroic actions, like doing amazing things for God or in the name of God or uh, taking a bold trip or journey. Um, but you know, Paul's teaching is that actually faith is, is not always these grand moments of life. It's often just normal, everyday life. Uh, he wrote, Paul wrote a letter to his friend Timothy, who's actually mentioned in, in this text today. But in one of his letters to Timothy, he said that, um, that God's people can live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And that that type of life pleases God. A quiet, peaceful life pleases God. You know, not just exercising what we would call you know, heroic faith. And in the, in the context here, 
he talks about a, a few things that are just not heroic things, but just normal stuff of faith and life. First is he's talking about a collection. In verse 1 and following says, Now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. And then when I arrive, I'll give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. And if it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. It's just a very practical matter of collecting funds for the poor, for the, the believers who were poor and in Jerusalem. There, there was, as we know, there was a famine, or as we understand, there was a famine around that time and in that region. And, and Judea was a very poor region in Jerusalem in particular. And this church in Corinth took it upon themselves to support their brothers and sisters in Christ who uh, lived away from them and they would set aside their money and they would, they would do that. And Christian, this is what Christians do. We, uh, we know that God has blessed us, not just for our own good, but for the good of our community and really for the good of those beyond our community. I think of free Christian church missions. We support, um, we support, you know, initiatives in the Merrimack Valley and supporting the poor and, and feeding and housing and uh, job um, skills programs and things like that. But we also support work that's around the globe because there are needs in different places and uh, the, that the missions committee carefully and prayerfully uh, tracks that and, and makes sure that our money goes to good use in different places. Um, but, but here, it's, it's about being intentional. It, there's not even an explanation about why you should be giving your money to the poor. It's all just about how. Hey, make sure to be intentional to, to set it aside uh, so that you don't forget. Um, you know, make sure that it's proportional, that everybody can participate in this. doesn't matter how wealthy or poor you are. You know, it's, it's in proportion to your income. And, and then um, choose some people to send it along. It, Paul never touched the money himself. You know, there's, there's wisdom and integrity in the way that they were doing this. And again, this is the collection of money. It's just um, a mundane operational thing that they needed to do, but it's something that they could do in faith, trusting God together. Um, just as an aside, you know, Free Christian Church, thank you so much for just being so generous during this time. And, um, you know, and we've had to be intentional about how we practice generosity, right? We don't, we can't pass plates as we normally do or have some of the same ways of being together and having giving be part of our worship in the same way. Um, but, but the church has been so generous during this time and in, in, in different ways and being intentional and continuing to give. So, um, you know, I, I once, I once visited a church and it came time for the offering at the church and, and a person, a leader stood up front and said, okay, at this time we're going to stop and we're going to uh, take the offering. And it really struck me as odd that you would use those words that giving is something where you stop your worship and then it's something that's taken. I've always believed that that giving is something that we continue our worship in the giving. It's not about stopping and taking, but it's about continuing and giving. And that our giving is something that God wants, not from us, but that God wants for us, that it's a healthy thing for us to do. And, but it creates a practical matter. How do I do it? Um, you know, right now for us, you know, giving online or text to give or these different things that we have. It's just a practical matter of trusting God and continuing this good work. 
of giving. So that's the first thing. It's about just practical matters of giving. Secondly, he talks about his travel plans. Uh, Verse 5. He says, after I go through Macedonia, I will come to you. For I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. And this is so, this is so simple. It's his tra- hey, hey church, here's my travel plans. This is, this is how I plan to spend my time. But even something as simple as travel plans is something that can be done in faith. Um, notice that he, Paul doesn't want to visit the church in Corinth right away for two reasons. One, he says, I want to spend some quality time with you. I don't want to just make a passing visit. You know, there's wisdom in that to say, hey, if I'm going to take the time to visit you, I'm going to be intentional about this. Secondly, there was good things happening where he was in Ephesus. And that's, he said, hey, that's where I need to focus right now. And I'm going to stay here. Um, and you'll notice that in Ephesus, he specifically says, there are many here who oppose me. Um, when you're in a good place where God wants you to be and you're trusting him and just living out the practical day-to-day stuff in faith, there can often be opposition. The pastor once said, wherever God is blessing, we can expect the devil to be angry. There you go. I think, um, I think maybe you've experienced that. I certainly have. There's something so good, a blessing in your life or in your family, and, but there seems to be frustration that goes right along with it. And it seems like you're making all these steps ahead and then there's a big setback. And, you know, it, when that happens, if you're feeling that, it does not necessarily mean that you are being disobedient or that you, or you're outside of the will of God somehow. Uh, when we are in a good place, sometimes we just face frustration. We face opposition. And, and Paul's describing that here. He's like, look, this is a practical matter. It's my travel plans, but it includes a really good opportunity, but it also includes some opposition. So it's just normal uh, day-to-day faith and trusting God. Uh, thirdly, he talks about normal relational stuff in, in verse 10. He says, When Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he is with you, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord just as I am. No one then should treat him with contempt. Send him on his way in peace so that he may return to me. I am expecting him along with the brothers. The context here is just here's a ministry leader who's going to be coming to you. Um, be careful how you treat him. Timothy was a young leader. He was perhaps a little bit timid in his leadership. And uh, the folks in Corinth are very opinionated, very strong people. They love to take sides, uh, focusing on the leaders they like the most and sort of pushing aside the leaders they didn't like. And Paul said, hey, you got to be really careful. Just be on your guard that relationships are fragile. And it's easy to forget to practice normal courtesy and love and respect for each other. And that's a that's an everyday piece of faith that uh, I could use right now is remembering how fragile relationships are, how much I need to be careful with my family um, to, uh, as we are spending a lot of time together, more time at home and, and just being quick to uh, forgive and, and making sure that 
I'm listening well and keeping short accounts, everyday peacekeeping kind of stuff. And it doesn't seem like a big heroic faith thing, right? This is about everyday, normal, mundane faith. Um, kid, if this kid's listening and you have siblings, it can be so easy to just get frustrated with your siblings. And I had three big sisters and I know all about being frustrated with siblings. But um, just remembering to forgive and remembering to be patient. I know for me as a parent, like just keeping my cool uh, with uh, with my family, communicating well with my spouse. This, these are, they don't sound like major aspects of faith, but they really are. Um, they seem normal and routine, but this is where we experience God in those small moments of each day. And faith, so my point here is faith can be lived out in everything, even these just mundane, routine things of life. Which leads to my second point, which is that everything can be lived out in faith. It, and um, so faith can be lived out in everything, but everything can be lived out in faith. Um, this is how we do everything. And there's this great closing exhortation that, uh, that's, that is in this letter where the, these amazing words, look at verse 13 and 14. Paul says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. This is how we can do everything. You can take anything in your life and you can put it through this exhortation. You can put it through this matrix of understanding and you can live anything in faith that way. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong and do everything in love. If we were, if we took every little thing that we did and we were intentional to live this way, it would be a beautiful way of life in faith in God. Um, Let's, let's look at each of these phrases here. Be on your guard. Uh, it's the word, the Greek word, Gregoreo. It, it's, uh, if, your name is, if your name is Gregory, or if you know someone named Gregory, that's what their name means. It means um, being watchful and being on your guard and looking out. And it's a great reminder that as we go about normal day-to-day -day life, as we go through the rest of this season, however long our um, world is the, the way it is, we, can be, we need to be watchful because it is so easy to fall. It is so easy to forget God. If you read the Bible and you read how God has interacted with his people, God does amazing things for his people. And then his people so easily can forget their God. Um, and, and also, it's, it's not just about us forgetting our God, but we have, there's an enemy out there, the devil, who would seek to destroy our lives. And we need to live lives that are watchful and being alert to uh, attacks of the enemy, from the discouragement of, of the enemy. And, and again, it happens in the spiritual realm. We don't necessarily even realize it's happening, but we can easily become discouraged. Or we can easily just turn from God. So it's, it's about being lulled into apathy. We need to be watchful. Secondly, stand firm in the faith. The faith, it's the, the faith is the good news of Jesus Christ. Our faith is in what God has accomplished through our Lord Jesus. And when we stand firm in that, we always remember that I am loved by God and I am saved by his grace. Not because of the great things I've ever done, not because of the things I can accomplish for God, but by what he's accomplished for me. It's all about his grace. It's all about his love to rescue a broken and hurting world. And, and, and standing in that 
faith. It's, it's all about my identity and my value is not about what I accomplish. It's not how well I do things. It's not how well I navigate this season. It's all about his love for me and me being accepted as a child of God. And my security in life is not come from my health. It's not my safety. It's not my uh, financial safety or the things I can accomplish. My security comes from God, that I am safe in his hand and nothing can snatch me out of that. That's standing firm in the faith. That's standing firm in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're alert. We stand firm in the faith. Uh, the next part of this exhortation is to be courageous. Um, it's, it's a word, literally, literally, literally in the Greek, it's, it's um, literally, you know, act like a man, act like a grown-up. Um, you know, be an adult here. Uh, we wouldn't you know, phrase it that way, but it's about being valiant and being courageous. And, you know, there, there's a lot that in this world that can just cause us fear to make us want to just hold back. Um, I, a couple, a uh, few weeks ago, the, I, I uh, uh, work as a chaplain for the fire department here in Andover, and the guys let me climb the new ladder truck. And they put the ladder up about 75 feet. And uh, they said, hey, why don't you go ahead and give it a climb? And I looked up and I thought, oh my goodness, this is uh, embarrassing. I'm afraid. I'm still on the ground and I'm afraid at how high this thing is. And I've never been up that high. And, um, but I wanted to, so I thought to myself, I said, look, if I can climb halfway up this ladder, then it won't be a complete embarrassment. And that's about all I um, could probably handle. So, so I get climbing this thing and... Uh, I got about halfway and I thought, you know what, um, I'm just going like, to go to the top of this thing. And I um, it just, the, the fear was, was real and I was uh, very nervous and shaking and gripping uh, very tight and I, was, and I got to the top and realized I really didn't want to be up there and just immediately climbed down and, um, and I was really glad I did that because um, because I was so afraid and because I didn't think I could do it. And I, and again, that's no great feat of, of life. And these guys, you know, do this stuff with equipment and other things. And my legs were shaking for like two days afterwards. Um, but uh, my point is that there's sometimes that we just, we look at something and we say, you know what, I'm just too afraid. And I just, I'm not going to take the chance. I'm not going to take the risk. And the, if we are standing firm in the faith, we can be courageous and we can take chances in life and we can be strong, which is the next part of this. Uh, Paul says, be strong. Um, why? Because it's not your strength. It's the strength of God by the power of his Holy Spirit that we can be bold and we can step out and be courageous in different ways. And, uh, and lastly here, it's do everything in love. Everything that we do, we do it in love. It's... It's yes, it's being alert. It's standing firm in the faith. It's it's being courageous and strong, but but always, always in love. Thinking of others first. That I'm not going to just take my courage in life and just go and live it out. But I'm I'm living in a way that focuses on the other first, and that's the encouragement to us. I think about this season where there's all these precautions that. Um, are being prescribed by uh, agencies and our government leaders. And there's some people who think so, who think that a lot of this is just you know an amazing, needless overreaction. But if we do everything in love, we can set aside our ideals and our 
ways that we would do things. And we can do that out of love for others who believe that these things really are necessary. Or on the flip side, there, there are those who are questioning the wisdom of, you know, lifting restrictions at this time and, and that sort of thing. But out of love, if, if that's how you feel, you don't need to judge people who, um, who disagree with you. As people of, in love, we can disagree with each other and remain unified because we would do everything in love. And, I, and again, talking to people and um, listening to the news, you, know, you see so much disagreement. But as people of faith, we can truly do every little mundane thing, what we choose to do, what we choose to not do. The ways that we exercise our rights, the ways that we choose not to exercise our right can all be done in love. Everything that we do can be lived out in faith in this way. Now, all these things, they really do point to a way of life that Jesus lived out for us. We think about this practical matter of, of giving. You know, Paul said, hey, make sure to set aside your donations for the church in Jerusalem. Jesus, um, he set aside, not money, but he set aside his very life. And he became poor that we might become rich in him in every way. Paul talks about his travel plans. Jesus came from heaven to earth. He gave up his heavenly throne and he walked this world. He made his dwelling among his people when the time was just right to come and to walk and to give his life for us. And just as Paul says, hey, make sure to respect Timothy as he comes to you. You know, Jesus came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to those who did receive him, who did by faith trust in him, he gave the right to become children of God. Jesus stood firm in the faith. Jesus was courageous. He was strong. He did everything in love, including using his strength to sacrifice his own life on the cross. And he did it for you and for me. Will you trust him today? Will you by faith receive him and become a child of God? And will you as a child of God walk in faith in everything? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this letter and for these weeks of which we've been journeying through this and how you've spoken to our hearts. And even today, Lord, I pray that you would give us the grace, that you would give us the faith to take what you have showed us today and put it into practice, Lord. Help us to be the everyday people of God. Help us to be your people in the mundane, in the small things, in the relationships. Lord, help to give us courage where we, when we are afraid, Lord. Help us to know that it is not our strength, but your strength at work in us, Lord. And may we do everything in love to the glory of your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.